This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual. With me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you today? I'm doing great. The weather's fantastic. And in studio, we're welcoming back uh, the boys of summer are back. And part of the boys of summer, of course, uh, the golf season's in full swing in southern Ontario and our resident uh, golf uh, expert, Sean Clement. Of course, Sean, you may remember, you can find him at wisdomingolf.com. Uh, YouTube, Sean Clement, over 28 million hits and over 400 videos, one of the world's great golf teachers. Welcome back, Sean. It's great to have you. Morning, guys. Great to be here. And uh, certainly want to set up the show. We'll be uh, have holding on the line right now. We'll get to him as soon as we can. Leo Routens, of course, Leo Routens, uh, basketball analyst and... Uh, we're going to talk about the Raptors game yesterday. In the middle of the show, we're hoping to have on Derek Sanderson. You may remember Derek, Boston, famous Boston Bruin, uh, the world's highest paid athlete in 1970-71, former Boston Bruin. We'll be talking to Derek Sanderson. And a real treat uh, later on in the show from the Golf Channel, Brandel Shambly. And it's, uh, you're going to be going toe-to-toe with Brandel Shambly, Sean, and uh, <laughs> two of the most articulate uh, uh, knowledgeable golf people in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Of course, I'm talking about Brandel Shambly, and I'm talking about you, Sean Clement. So well, I'm you, certainly, uh, uh, Brandel's got a great new book out, and we'll be talking about that. But without further ado, we welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, uh, noted basketball analyst, former uh, former Canada's basketball coach, national basketball coach, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys today? We're doing great, but we're uh, still recovering from yesterday's game. In uh, in uh, in thirty words or less, Leo, uh, what happened? They just need more from their all stars. I mean, their defense didn't do the job, and their all stars have to play better. But um, they keep telling them it's game one. It's game one of a seven game series, so a lot a lot of room to fix this. Um, Jonas Valanciunas had a great game, but uh, fouled out early. Um, he he has to play the same way, doesn't he, Leo? Yeah, I thought he played great. Unfortunately, uh, he had you know several calls which you know I didn't really agree with. It ended up taking him out of the game, which is unfortunate. But uh, he's been playing that way to finish the season. Picked it right up yesterday in the playoffs, and hopefully that continues. He could be an X factor for the Raptors. Yeah, we're talking to Leo Routens. Leo, yesterday at at a certain point. In the second half, um, Paul George took the game over, uh, and that's been that's been a difficulty for the Raptors in in previous playoff series is shutting down um, shutting down uh, the other guy's top guy at critical times. Um, 
Is that something we should be concerned about going into game two and, and as we get into this series? Well, he was my concern going into the series. I said, if, you know, if Paul George is the best player on the floor, Indiana will win. And that's what he was yesterday. And, you know, during the regular season, the Raptors kept him well below his scoring average, well below his field goal and three-point percentages that uh, he normally shoots. So they have to find a way to get back to that. Um, you know, Paul, Paul really uh, dictated the entire game in the second half, uh, not only in the scoring but his ball movement, and it was just far too easy. So uh, I expect uh, a lot of adjustments as far as defending him for next game. Uh, Leo, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, um, um, quite frankly, didn't have their best game yesterday. Their shooting stats weren't the best. Um, and uh, was that was that more of uh, the Raptors not being able to establish their game, or uh, what were the what were the what were the Pacers doing to shut that, that shut Lowry and DeRozan down? Well, I don't think uh, it really had a lot to do with the Pacers shutting them down. I mean, the Raptors could have helped them helped themselves better with uh, more movement, you know, better screening. Uh, you know, the, the Raptors historically play a lot of isolation, a lot of one-on-one, but you need to do it off of more movement. Uh, then the game becomes easier. And they just kind of labored in their half court a little bit. Um, but, you know, DeMar, uh, there's no doubt he can shoot better and play better, and I expect him to. Uh, defensively, he was asked to guard George, uh, Paul George for extended periods, and uh, I don't know if that's the best thing for the Raptors to do, so I expect some changes there. Uh, and Kyle, same thing. Kyle just, you know, he, he did a lot of good things in the game. Uh, just didn't shoot the ball well. So uh, I expect them both to bounce back. They understand what's at stake here. I found that they couldn't get inside on the on the Pacers. They couldn't get in. Uh, once your outside shooting uh, falls down, you try to go to the basket. They couldn't do it, Leo. And it's kind of worrying me because you need to do that in the playoffs. Uh, what do, What are your thoughts? Well, they, they, they know they can. I mean, the Raptors are very good at attacking the basket and getting to the free throw line. So, um, you know, they, like I said, they just got away from uh, what they normally do. Um, they did settle for shots. I don't think they needed to settle for. Uh, and they just have to make an effort, you know, everybody, whether it's the guards or the bigs, uh, to attack the basket. Because, you know, Indiana really doesn't have that rim protector. Uh, they, got, they, got, they got some bigs that are active, but they don't necessarily have a center. Um, and somebody that's a, that's a stopper. So the Raptors have to take advantage of that and, and be aggressive and, and attack and uh, just not settle for jump shots against a team like this. Very impressed with the phenomenal play of Corey Joseph. He's been, he was great yesterday, and as a matter of fact, he deserves more playing time as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you had him as uh, one of your players with the national team. What is he all about? Well, Corey's, you know, one, he's, he's the most experienced guy they have as far as playoffs goes you know the experience he gained at san antonio he's got a ring uh obviously proved invaluable he was great and what what Corey brings to the table is the same thing he's brought all season long he has a he has a presence about him a cool uh he's very relaxed and you know he does never seems to get rattled and i think that was that that was very evident yesterday he came in uh he plays aggressive he gets after you he attacks uh, he made shots. He, he really did everything you could want from him, and but he just stayed cool throughout the process. And you could see him during the game trying to get other guys going and, and trying to pick them up. So 
players are really going to have to kind of take Corey's lead right here because he's a, he's a very experienced playoff performer. And, um, and like I said, he was ready yesterday, uh, just didn't get a lot of help. The referees call the game differently in the playoffs, Leo, and I find that uh, the Raptors have not adjusted to that yet. They haven't done that in the past two years, and it seemed like it came back again. A lot of complaining on the floor about calls and that. They have to be more disciplined, don't they? Oh, you always have to be more disciplined. Um, I thought I thought the calls were choppy yesterday, and not just for the Raptors. I thought even you know towards Indiana, there was an inconsistency, and that's very difficult for players when you're not sure you know what what what's the theme going to be today. You need you kind of need to know. Um, but it, you know the playoffs. It's not that the game is called differently. There's just a lot more fouling going on. I mean, you know, you're playing aggressive, hard, tough basketball for 48 minutes, and there's a lot more fouls, and the officials can't call a foul on every single play. So, you know, you have to realize, you have to play with the mentality that you're not getting calls. You're just going to be aggressive, you're going to attack, and you're going to go after people, um, but you're not looking for calls. You're just playing the game. Because when you start looking for calls and get distracted, and we've seen that before with the Raptors, uh, it derails them pretty quickly, so they have to keep their cool. Um, Leo, talking to Leo Routens. Uh, Leo, um, Raptors have now—I don't know what the stat is—but it's—it's uh, it's been a while since they won a, a first game of a series, uh, and they're—they're they're literally, you know, the, a little bit behind the eight ball already. And Monday night—I uh, don't know if we can call it a critical game or a must-win. Um, is it a must-win game Monday night for them? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, hey, you know, you love to get your first game. I think the stat is 70% of the winners of the first game go on to win the series. And uh, with all the pressure, you know, we've talked about it. I, I, I say it all the time that the, the, the first round is the biggest hurdle for this team. And just to get through that, the mental obstacle of that uh, has been a tremendous challenge. So uh, if they lose game two, uh, that's going to be very difficult for them psychologically to even, even go on you know, based on everything that's happened to them. So, um, you know, I, I think it's an absolutely critical game. I mean, you you know, Indiana came in here with the idea that if you can get one, you're doing great. So the Raptors have to make sure it stays at that. They gave up one. Now they got to take care of business on their home court and then figure all this out heading towards Indiana. Anyways, Leo, uh, we want to thank you for taking the time for us this morning, and we're certainly uh... – uh, rooting for the Raptors, we, uh, we'd love to see them do a deep run into the playoffs. It certainly got the city excited, and the city will go, uh, go even crazier like the Blue Jays last fall if we can get some success. And uh, We know how busy you are, Leo, and we really, really want to thank you for taking the time for us this morning. No. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Love getting on with you guys. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks. That, that, of course, was Leo Routens, and Monday night's a big game for the Raptors. And as it is huge. It is huge. You know what, though? I just got this feeling they're going to blow it again. It just The way the game was yesterday, it, it didn't fit the Raptors. And I don't know, when it comes to the playoff time, they can't bring it up a notch. They really can't. It was really frustrating watching that game yesterday. Anyways, uh, we'll be going to break now, and uh, when we come back from break, we'll be talking to... The Turk, Derek Sanderson. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. 
Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It's certainly a privilege for us, of course, Derek Sanderson, legendary hockey player for the Boston Bruins. And uh, my earliest memories of Derek Sanderson, of course, were playing with the Niagara Falls Flyers. Uh, you remember those games on Sunday afternoons at Maple Leaf Gardens with the Marlies. And Derek Sanderson was the best hockey player, uh, uh, junior A hockey player in Canada for a couple of years and uh, was a great professional player. And it's certainly a privilege for us. Good morning, Derek. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you're well. No, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Uh, you know, I, who am I thinking of? Naz or Wally? Uh, you got Wally here, and I got Naz, you got Naz on the other side. Hi, Derek. Derek. All right. All right. Good. 
So certainly uh, welcome to join us. Derek, as I, as I mentioned, my, my fondest uh, or some fondest memories of you were playing for the Niagara Falls Flyers. Of course, you grew up in the Niagara Falls area. Uh, 740's got a lot of listeners in the Niagara Falls area, and uh, you were a great player for those uh, Niagara Falls player, uh, Flyers teams, Memorial Cup. Uh, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, you played with Bernie Perrant, and you played against Bobby Orr with the uh, Oshawa Generals. Your 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 fondest memories of uh, of growing up in Niagara Falls and, and playing for the Flyers, Derek? Well, I think you know it, it's a uh, it, it, it's kind of really unique for for a kid who played junior in Canada. You know how it works. They send you away. And you you build it with a family. And I was fortunate enough to play junior and play with and uh, and play with a, a team that was at home. And I was there with my mom and dad, and I had them most uh, you know all my junior career. So it's really kind of went from you know midget, uh, banner midget, into junior B, junior A, and away you go. Uh, and after that, you go to the Boston Bruins. That's sort of the way it was always set up in those days. The junior teams we had there with Bill Long and uh, as he's a coach, and and the players that played there, John Pronovo, you had Bill Goldsworthy, you had Barry Perrant, and as you said, it was the team that really made it a lot of fun. It was a very very good team. Derek, you're still uh, you're still beloved to a lot of us uh, hockey fans. Uh, certainly here in uh, in Southern Ontario, uh, we have some fond memories of you. Uh, you're a hardworking hockey player, and uh, but you had your you had your difficulties uh, at certain times. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah which... been, uh, alcohol. I never drank in junior. Uh, I never even thought about it being a problem. So when I turned pro, I had a, you know I had a choice to make. Uh, and I was at uh, training camp, and uh, one of the players said to me, uh, you want a beer? And I said, no, I don't drink. And he laughed, and I said, you know, you'll be laying on the pressure. You don't have a few drinks. And I kind of rattled me a little bit. And, and then Celeste Zito said to me, hey, Derek, if you don't drink, don't start. And I made that decision to drink and learn how to drink. Uh, and, and ended up alcoholic. Uh, my, my dad was. Uh, so airports in the family, and where you go, and next thing you know, booze got me by the throat, and then I made a lot of money, and then I was, you know, everything got in the way of my social life. So, Derek, it was something that took a, a backseat for a while, and that's wrong. And then uh, the alcohol just ate me up. Derek, uh, I brought that up not to revisit uh, uh, no, where I where, where I was going. Where I no no no. Unless you give it away. No, so. no, f- fair enough. I brought that up because I want to know. I want the listeners to know uh, where you've taken your life since then. Uh, you know, a lot of people have lost track of Derek Sanderson, but uh, you've had a productive life. You, you, uh, you turned your life around. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that, because uh, you know you've been married for a long time. You've got two great kids. You know, you're yeah. you're an analyst with the Boston Bruins. You're a financial advisor. Um, you're, you're really, you're a great story. You're, you, you know, you're a good man. And, uh, tell well, us. How- I, I don't know if a, a good man or not. I mean, grace of God, I, I, I beat, I beat the booze and I got sober in 1980, uh, which is sobriety. People don't understand. Quit drinking is the same as being sober. Sober is a way of life. And then you got to give up control and things like that. And then you just become the person that you're supposed to be. Uh, it was uh, 1980. I got so, like I said, sober after 13 different detoxes, trying to get to get sober. Uh, finally got it, uh, understood it, and then I'm, I was doing a commercial for uh, an investment firm uh, in the golf show. 
And uh, so the we our new chairman said he was a hockey fan. He he saw me play when I was with the Rangers, and he said, "Let's why don't you come on board, um, get to understand the business." I never dreamed I would be in the investment business. And I went back to school, and uh, you get Series Seven, and you're six, and you're sixty-five, and all the different licenses uh, that you have to have. And uh, started my own sports group, uh, where we, where I managed. Uh, Money for players. I didn't. My lawyer robbed me of um, near four million dollars, and I, I saw a lot of players getting bitten and, and taken down by uh, unscrupulous lawyers and friends and uh, agents, etc. And so forth. And I, so I started this sports group, and that was its sole purpose. Derek, how important is but... number one from themselves, and number two, take them out of the hands of people that would take advantage. Derek, how important was Bobby Orr to your uh, coming back? To reality. Uh, first of all, he, he was over there for me every time during the process of getting sober. But when I started the sports group, uh, he became my uh, my, my second uh, player to join. Uh, Glenn Lefty was the first on a Monday, and Bobby sent the stuff over to me on a Tuesday. And once you got, you know, handling Bobby and uh, other people and Neely and, and well, Keith Kitchuk and those guys, and everything was great. Now, when you say Bobby was the reason that you know uh, he gave me his credibility, and that's what really helped me a lot. Derek, when you signed the contract with the WHA, uh, what was the the uh, difference when you left Boston and what the WHA offered you? Well, I I was the first player in history to take on free agency, and the the, the catchphrase is without compensation. Anyone that tried before me. There's always compensation. So you can't get me the, the Philadelphia Flyers, then the Philadelphia Flyers owe the Boston Bruins $2 million. That worked like that. Uh, I, they had to beat that clause. So I, Jerry Cheevers and I, he was a co-defendant, and we went in and took, uh, took on the National Hockey League, and uh, we beat him, and I went to the WHA. I had a, I think I was making 30000 35000 with the Bruins uh, after two Stanley Cups, and... Uh, Philadelphia paid me two million six hundred and fifty thousand, uh, and wow, uh, that was I was stunned. So I took it. it looked like a telephone number, but I took it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a mistake, uh, and really. And and you know, I left my friends behind. I left everything I knew behind, and I went to Philadelphia. Actually, a total stranger outside of Bernie Perron, who I played junior with. And we're talking to Derek Sanderson, of course, uh, Derek. Uh... Tell us, uh, tell us how you got the nickname Turk. Where did that come from? Oh, uh, that came from friends of mine, uh, Tom Cottinger and, and John Lombardi. We were playing in uh, Banff, and, uh, and I really don't know how it. Uh, there's three or four different things, and and every whatever mood I'm in, I I come up with a different, you know, with the same. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know to tell you the truth how it came about. It's it's something that it got on. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I never used it. Only very few people called me, you know, Turk. And, and then it was, I don't know. I have no idea to tell you the truth. Uh, we're talking to Derek Sanders. Derek, at one point in time in the early 70s, you were the highest paid athlete in the world. In the yeah. world. You came from a small town, yeah. Niagara Falls, Ontario. In, in a major U.S. publication, you've been voted one of the 25 coolest athletes of all time. 
You're the only hockey player on that list. Uh-huh. Um, knowing where you've come from and where you are today, if you were able to sit down with a 16-year-old Derek Sanderson, what would you say to him? Uh, do it differently than I did. Now, first of all, don't don't think alcohol is uh, end-all, cure-all. But uh, first of all, surround yourself with good people. Uh, friendship is important. Uh, a young player has to, you know, they're making so much money today. Uh, Seven, eight million dollars a year. Uh, they're getting forty, fifty, sixty million dollar contracts for seven, eight years. It's it, it's truly mind-boggling. Not that the players don't deserve it; they deserve every penny, and it, because that's what the market will bear. But uh, you you got to really have a structured. There, what I didn't have in place for success is I didn't have a foundation for success. And that's what you have to have. You have to have friends, family, everybody understand it. Save your money. Put it with somebody. You know, nobody gives money to somebody they don't like and trust. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to say, geez, now that I don't like you, so I'll give you my money. Uh, we're talking everybody to- really gets, uh, uh, and they, they don't understand that part. Uh, nobody gives money to, to people that they don't trust. So you've got to get involved. We, that's what the sports group is all about. We was, we, we're giving the players the uh, education they needed so they know, know what questions to ask, our statements, and, and, and make sure you understand them. Uh, but, and, and when it comes, you get monthly statements and make sure that the, the people that have your money are, are looking after it the proper way. And, and that only comes from you getting involved. So you're going to have to take a day a month and, and pay attention to your finances and where your, where your future is going to be. Because you only make so much money for a limited window, and that's going to last you the rest of your life. Now, I'm 70. I never dreamed I would be along, alive this long. I, you know, I had myself going around somewhere around 50, right? And I, the way I lived, I lived hard and tough. And the next thing you know, I'm 70, and it's, you got to make sure you got the money. Uh, and in retirement, and you got to. The idea is to have enough money that you can retire to do something, work at something you really like. If you like coaching midget hockey, do it, and you can do anything you want to do. Derek, we're talking manage your money properly. Derek, we're talking. Uh, to Derek. Don't think it's it's uh, it's easy. It isn't easy. Uh, Derek Sanderson, listen, Derek, we've got uh, one more question. And I know there, I know there was a book written a couple of years back, and uh, the Derek Sanderson story is certainly a story that uh, that needs to be told. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of change. It's a story of hope, and it's a story of recovery. Um, well, you got it. That's the, the, what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when is there going to be the Derek Sanderson movie? Well, the movie's uh, supposed to be in the works. Uh, it's a lot more difficult than I thought. I, you know, when you start when you start a movie production, there's Hollywood works very different from, uh, uh, you know, like you get a, an executive producer, that's the key guy. Then he brings his team with you. He brings the money. He brings the actors. He brings the writers, uh, and and to have that in place is extremely important. We didn't realize that. Now it's in, now it's in professional hands, and they rewrote the script. Uh, and we'll see where, where it comes. I don't know. Who but, would play, uh, who would play Derek Sanderson? Movie. Who would you like to have? Uh, I had a Derek? lot of fun. Uh, I, had a lot, I had a great time. 
and uh, unfortunately, uh, it had to end quickly. But uh, while it lasted, it was fun. Uh, Derek, we've got to go to uh, we've got to go to break, and uh, we want to thank you. But I know Naz got one really quick question. Who would play okay. Who would play Derek Sanderson in the movie? I have no idea. <laughs> That'd be an interesting <laughs> one. Somebody young. <laughs> 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 Anyways, Derek, we really want to thank you. This is uh, this has been uh, this has been great talking to you, and we're happy to hear that you're doing well. And uh, we wish you all the best. And uh, hopefully we thank can you. chat. Hopefully we can chat again soon. Hey, anytime. Thanks so much. Thanks, that of course guys. that of course was Derek Sanderson. We've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with Brando Shambly from the Golf Channel. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the really big pizza deal. It's even bigger than Toronto basketball star Jonas Valanciunas. He wears size 17 shoes, but the really big pizza is 18 inches, topped with pepperoni. Plus, you get 16 wings. And you get the really big pizza deal for just $29.99. Try getting Jonas for that. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 from your cell phone. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. They're not here to be nice. 
They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And in studio with us this morning, of course, is Sean Clement. Sean, uh, uh, one of the world's great internet uh, golf teachers. He's got some fabulous material on the internet if you've got any... uh, any interest in golf or you want to improve your game, uh, Sean, tell our listeners where they, can, where they can find you online and where they can find you live. Well, if you Google Wisdom in Golf or my name, Sean Clement, S-H-A-W-N, and add golf to that, uh, you'll, uh, you'll get referred to uh, about 400 of my videos on YouTube. And um, our website is wisdomingolf.com. And uh, we take the word wisdom very seriously. If you look at the definition in the dictionary, that's everything we're about and, and more. So uh, you're in great hands when you, when you get to our side. All I can say is uh, I've known Sean for a while. I check out his material every now and then. It's some fantastic material online. Go check it out. Uh, he will certainly improve your golf game. We were hoping to have join us Brandel Chambly from the Golf Channel. Of course, Brandel's a highly regarded uh, analyst for the Golf Channel, and uh, he's got a fantastic new book out. So we're we're trying to connect with him right now. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that shortly. Sean, tell us a little bit about what uh, what you've been up to over the winter. We've uh, we left you in October, and uh, you're you're like the the birds. They've come back to us, and golf <laughs> season's underway in Southern Ontario. Tell uh, us a little bit about uh, about your winter and some of the things you've been doing. Well, it's uh, it's nice to be back outside. I actually got back outside with my groups uh, yesterday and had some nice uh, outdoor teaching. I put my first sunscreen on of the year, so that was uh, very uh, therapeutic to say the least. And uh, so, but over the course of the winter, we had uh, a lot of trips. Uh, you know, uh, L.A. and Dallas. Uh, we have some. Uh, so I got students uh, all over the world, uh, and and it's really cool to be able to go out and travel and and meet them and play some golf and, uh, you know, do our thing. So uh, it was a very, very busy winter. And um, with Brandel's new book that just came out, uh, we, uh, we are extremely excited about that. And we, we want to promote uh, Brandel's book in, in the biggest way because it's, it's finally, you know, somebody else has uh, woken up and smelt the coffee and uh, we're, and we're very happy. We're trying to get a hold of Brandel right now. We certainly would like to talk to him about his book, and we'll we'll get into it because Sean, I know you're you're really passionate about some of the things that Brandel has put in his new book. It's called "The Anatomy of Greatness: Lessons from the Best Golf Swings in History." And uh, talking about golf swings, uh, let's just a little recap from last Sunday. Yeah, uh, certainly some interesting events on the back nine. Yes, at at, at Augusta, and of course. This particular Masters will probably be remembered more for the collapse of Jordan Spieth than for the uh, great performance of Willett on Sunday. And let's right. not take away from his performance. He shot, he shot a 67 Why? On, uh, on the last day. He did everything he had to do to win. But people will remember this Masters as the one that Jordan Spieth gave away. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I, know, that, uh, I know that you watched it. I know that you're, you... You analyze golfers. You not only analyze their swings, you analyze their demeanor, you mm-hmm. analyze their psychology, uh, you analyze everything that goes into uh, a successful golf performance. You saw you saw what happened last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, what happened? 
It, it was um, obviously coming off the ninth green. Uh, anybody who's a normal human being and then some would already be wearing the green jacket. And since he was trying to defend the green jacket and he didn't want to give it back, uh, he had two green jackets on that he, had, that he didn't want to give back. So uh, got ahead of himself, I'm sure. And then uh, the bogeys at 10 and 11 are very much uh, uh, along the lines of somebody who's like Kenny Perry. Remember the, remember the yeah. last thing that happened to him after he birdied 16? Tapped it in for a birdie. He's two ahead with two to go. And I, you know, he was definitely wearing the green, the green jacket before 17 and 18. And, and you just can't take that course for granted at all. Um, so instead of, you know, staying down, put the pedal to the metal and, and play the game of golf. After two bogeys in a row, um, I'm sure he felt things potentially slipping away. And, and there was a little exchange with his caddy that really came to mind for me because you know, the exchanges I have with my students, and I, I keep telling my students, every time you try to make sure, uh, inevitably, you get tense. Now, add the pressure of the masters, uh, and then you're going to get, you know, tension beyond belief. And, uh, and he definitely, you know, folded under that pressure. He was trying not to hit it over the green on number 12, and uh, he bailed. You say fold. He folded under the pressure. I noticed, I, I, I thought Spieth was in trouble um, before he got to 12, when he missed that putt on 11. And those are the ones that Spieth always makes right under pressure. Yeah. And he was tentative on that putt. You could see it. Yes. You could see that there was no flow. It was sort of a, it was sort of like a little jab, and I said he's in trouble. Yes, the making sure had begun. Absolutely, yeah. he he was in trouble. At by that time, he had been down with three stroke lead. You're on the back nine at Augusta, and you got twelve. And you know, I've never been to Augusta, but uh, from people that I know have been there. You know, if you if you're on that twelfth tee under pressure, that that is just an incredible sight to behold because yeah. there isn't a lot of green to work with yeah. there. You're trying if to you're fit short, it between the bunkers. Yeah, if you're short, you're in the water. If you're long, you're in the bunker. Yep. You literally, you ha and there's swirling winds. You never know what the wind changes direction. Yep. You know, you, t you pick the wrong club, you're in the water or you're in the bunker. Right. So, there, you know, there's a lot of mental things that got to happen on that tee. And when yep. you're feeling it, like Jordan Spieth was feeling it. Yeah. Um, it's easy to say, you know. Uh, and what happened? Did you see anything on that swing? that uh, that he did out of the ordinary that caused because literally he my guess is he, he pushed it he was aiming he was aiming to the left of the pin right and he pushed it to the right so that means something happened he, he, he hit it off the toe he didn't close the club face what happened oh it, it's not a technical thing it's it's the in the conversation with his caddy he says you sure that won't go over the green so he's he's just making sure he doesn't hit it over the green so he's not focused on the shot he needs to hit. He wants to hit the shot over the bunker, land it on the green, and, 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 and take his two putts and move on to number 13 for a nice birdie opportunity. And uh, because of the indecision, because he was worried about the shot, he couldn't commit. Sean, he, uh, he bounced back, though. He came back. He almost came back, in, uh, yeah. with, he came back with three great shots in the next three holes. Yes. And uh, I was very impressed with 
that part of him. They, he was yes. able to do that. What do you, what did you think of that? It, it reminded me of a passage in the book Bagger Vance. Uh, once, <laughs> once it was over and he didn't have that monkey on his back, he was able to get back to playing golf. And, uh, and that's what you saw. You saw Jordan Spieth come back. Uh, and that's, you know, after that chunk shot in the water. Yeah, that chunk shot was really something. It was like something I'd do plenty of times, I'm sure. <laughs> How does that happen, Sean? It, again, it's focus, Walter. You know. here, here's, here you've, got a, you've got a player at the absolute top of his profession. Yep. And... And, and, well, he's and still he, very young, and he chunks, and he chunk. I mean, the the, the beaver tail he took on that on that yeah. divot. Yep. Uh, but and I, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, what happened? Well, he he, he takes deep divots with his wedges, though. Okay. I mean, that you've seen that in, in in a few other events. It's it's a very typical thing that he does. He likes to hit it hit down on it. Uh, but you know, he's got a downhill lie. You know, up slightly uphill green. The situation. And, and his, his head must have been spinning at that time. I mean, you know, you got to – it's hard to put yourself in that situation. Anyways, we're, uh, we're talking to Sean Clement. We were, uh, we're still trying to get a hold of Brandel Shambly because uh, he's got uh, – from the Golf Channel. Uh, of course, Brandel is one of the most intelligent, articulate voices in the game of golf who's come out with a – I will call it an outstanding new golf book. Yes. It may be – People are raving about it. Yes. I know that you're passionate about golf and you're passionate about the golf swing. Yes. And, when I, you know, when, and we, when we first chatted about this, Sean, a couple of weeks back, um, you, you know, you, you, I could sense the passion in your voice about what Brandel says in this book. And some people are calling it uh, one of the greatest um, golf instruction books of the last 10, 15 years. It's called The Anatomy of Greatness. Lessons from the best golf swings in history. Yeah. Why is this an important book? Um, be, because you know when I when I first started teaching this game thirty years ago, I looked around and I saw you know I was on the Canadian Ski Patrol at the time, and they're massive sticklers for anatomy. Right? You're a lawyer. You understand you know the the consequences of not doing the right thing, especially when it comes to uh, the medical profession. So you know. I looked at who was respecting, you know, the human body at the time, and I had to go back in time. I had to go back to, to Bobby Jones. And I saw what Bobby Jones was doing, and I saw what Jack Nicholas was doing. And what's really cool about the book that uh, Brandel came out with, he brings the roots back to Alex Morrison, who was the famous teacher at the time. And, um, and uh, you know, he, he basically trained um, Jack's coach, you know, and you look at the roots that uh, that that brewed from that, and Bobby Jones and um, and Henry Picard and and you know Ben Hogan that trickled through Ben Hogan and all that stuff. So there's some really interesting reads when it comes to that. But at that time, they were very instinctive players. They didn't have video analysis and high speed photography. They all they had was the human body and their instincts, and that's where the best nuggets were prior to you know. The uh, all the all the data that we've had uh, recently is about how we learn motor skills as human beings and the human and, and the brain. Let me ask you, Sean. You know, you're one of the you're one. Of, I consider you, uh, you know, a fantastic golf teacher. Certainly one of Canada's best, if not the best. Uh, your material online is exceptional. Um, you know, there there's you know the, the, the there's these golf gurus or. Um, 
you know, esteemed golf teachers, and mm-hmm. you know, and golf's rife with them. You've got the yeah. Ledbetters, you've got the Harmons, you've got the um, Hank Haney's, and yeah. and uh, and all these other guys. Um, somewhere along the line, something changed. Yes, where golf became so technical, it got away. Yes, from from what you're calling like the Sneeds and the Jones, the yes. roots yes. of golf teaching, um, and to me that's that's you know that set golf instruction back generations. Absolutely, right? Because yeah. they they took something, uh, and you teach you teach swings, you teach a swing, you don't teach positions. Correct. Right. Yeah. The human the human body already has. And and and, and 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 the big thing I took from from and we would love to have Brandel on the line. We're just having problems getting a hold of him this morning. Um, what I took away from his book, and you know, and he makes the point. The other the other <laughs> aside from how technical golf instruction has become, to the point where it almost became incomprehensible. That no 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 real human being can possibly, unless you're out there swinging a club like twelve hours a day, like think about twelve different positions. I mean, they they literally teach you: you got to do this with this, you got to do this with your left elbow, right. you got to cock your head this way. Like it's a you, it's a you, you, you're, you're playing you're playing in a straitjacket the way most of these people are teaching the game. That's right, right? And um, and and the other aspect of this new modern theory of golf instruction is which which I call it now we've got to get back to more classical theory is they're all getting injured absolutely like what Phil, what what happened you remember Phil I mean, I mean they, the they used they used to send us old guys out to play golf because yeah. they figured hey it was safe <laughs> we'd exactly. come we'd come back in one piece <laughs> right now you're sending all these 20 and 30 year old uh, ripped bodybuilders out there to play golf and and they can't get through a season without getting injured what happened exactly what what happened well phil mickelson uh, resumed it nicely he said uh, you could take the modern teaching and wrap it up in a back brace and and again it's it's anatomy you got to go back to the anatomy and and y- you look at you know, your, your spine has some very specific facet joints in it to prevent it from twisting. Because if you twist your spine, you're in big trouble. And uh, they're not respecting that particular aspect of it. So, so let's talk about the central, I call it the central, not theory, but the yeah. central premise of Brandel's book. Yes. Which, and, you know, when, it, when, when I read Brandel, you know, you can get it online. I've got it on my iPad. You can literally read this thing in, in an hour, I an hour and a half. I got four copies. Everybody should get one. Right? If you're a golfer and you want to improve your game, get this book. Yeah. I got to tell you. And you've done a YouTube video yes. on your YouTube channel yes. about the book. And we're going to Tell be, us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot more as well. We're going to do a full series this summer. We're going to go through the book chapter by chapter and validating what he says and what he's found. And the stats are awesome. You know, he, he talks about how 17 out of the 19 major championship winners that have won over five majors swing the way we describe, he describes in that book with huge hip turn, left knee behind the ball, left heel off the ground, you know, massive range of motion, the way Phil Mickelson swings, the way Bubba Watson swings, the way John Daly swings. He's, he's getting on the senior tour this month, which is going to be really exciting. Yeah, that'd be, be interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the, 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 and I, going back to what I call the central premise of, of Shambly's book, and it's, yep. it's, it's almost a central premise of what you do, Sean. Yes. Um, 
it's it's he doesn't teach positions he teaches a natural rhythmic swing yeah and one of the worst things that ever happened in the teaching of golf was something i think it was jim mclean and if i got it wrong my apologies taught something called the x factor yes that okay? is jim mclean which is you res- you don't turn your right hip you well, resist with your right hip yeah. And what Brandel Shambly is saying, what you're saying is, by all means, do not resist with your right hip. Correct. Get off your left foot. Yes. Lift your left heel. Allow. Allow it to happen. Do not resist it. Correct. That way you put less pressure on your back. You put yeah. less pressure on your hip. You put less pressure on everything. Just like a baseball pitcher, t- t- baseball hitter. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, that's, that's the thing, you know, that the human body has a built-in, uh, what we call a kinetic chain. And, and you guys are the sports guys, so you, you, you see this day in and day out, especially in baseball. If you look at a baseball hitter waiting for a pitch, you'll notice that, you know, their back is a little bit toward the pitcher. And when the pitch comes, that front foot comes off, the front knee mm-hmm. comes back, yeah. and, and there's this beautiful range of motion, and they step into the shot. And, and golf is very much along those lines. It's the same human body, same rules of the planet, just a slightly different tool in your hands. You replace the baseball bat with a golf club, and, and the same elements are right there. The injuries, the injuries, Sean. i, I got to get back to that because there has been quite a few of them. Uh, McElroy, yeah. Tiger Woods has been They're in all getting in injured nowadays, nowadays except for it, Phil Mickelson. Is the fitness yeah. aspect of it changed so much that they've overdone it now, these golfers? Um, well, they're trying to stop the bleeding, you see, because because everybody's getting injured. They're, they're, they're looking towards all these experts to find out what do we need to do to prevent these injuries. Well, you keep swinging the way you're swinging. It, it ain't going to happen. You know, Tom Watson went through 40 years of, of golf playing as a career and only missed four events. And mm-hmm. probably half of those were because of a hangover, you know, <laughs> not, not because of something physical. How, how do you react to the criticism like, you know, um, you know, there's there's been an ongoing there's been, you know, uh, Brando Chambly is a controversial figure because he he speaks his mind. He's very yeah. opinionated and a lot of people don't like what he's got to say. Right. Especially some of these young guys nowadays. I love what he has yeah, to I know say. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't like what Brando has to say. Right. And, you know, he's I, I guess he's not a big fan of bulking up. Right. Um, but the young golfers today, they're, you know, I, I guess you have to say, to be fair, in a certain sense, um, uh, they're more, uh, choose my words carefully here, uh, they're more athletic or they're in better condition. They're, they take physical fitness, perhaps, other than Gary Player. Right, right. Perhaps they take physical fitness a little bit more seriously than the golfers did from 40, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And they will make the argument, Sean. I want you to respond to this. Yeah. They will make the argument that it's it's a it, you have to hit a long ball today to compete. Right. And to hit a long ball, you gotta you gotta swing hard. Right. You gotta swing really hard. Yeah. You gotta hit it three forty. Yeah. Well, you gotta get up there with Jason Day and Dustin Johnson. Well, Jordan doesn't have to do that. Right. And uh, let me finish my point. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's why they've got it. They've got to bulk up. They've got to be strong. They've got to build muscle. Yep. And they've got to do all this physical fitness to be able to uh, support the torque that they're generating yeah. in their swings, that they're generating more swing speed than the golfers did 
from 30, 40 years ago, and that's why they're getting injured. How do you respond to that? Um, uh, no, um, I would say, because I mean, Jack in his prime, he hit a 340 with a persimmon head and a, and a wound ball. Uh, you know, if you take Jack today in his prime and you, you give him the same equipment, he'd be hitting it every bit as far as the guys today without a shred of a doubt. So, and I don't buy into that at all. Um, I, I think it's something that they're, you know, it's, it's a tangent that they're on right now. Uh, Rory is, you know, it's, it's great that he's in that kind of shape. Uh, I know my son is a BMX racer, and that's the kind of training he does. He does a lot of Olympic lifting, but he's got to put the pedal to the metal, you know. Uh, that's, that's, that's some very high-intensity stuff. I'm, I'm not sure you really need that for the golf swing, but you definitely need to be in good shape. And Gary Player wasn't the guy to bulk up, you know. I, I like. He's the, in phenomenal shape now. He's right. incredible. Oh, yeah. Gary, Gary, he looked great out there. But yes, going back to that point of physical fitness, and um, you know, uh, talking, of, you don't have to be. You don't have to be a power lifter. You, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to be uh, big. No. To hit a golf ball a long way. No, you don't. Uh, I mean, there's 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 a hundred there's guys on the tour that are 150 pounds. Five foot nine, five foot ten, that hit the ball over three hundred yards. Yep. So you know, power in a golf swing's not coming from muscle. No. Nope. And the classic example, and it's in it's in Brandel's book. Yes. Uh, and if you're listening out there, you know, go pick up this book, The yeah. Anatomy of Greatness. It is a true game changer in golf instruction. It really is. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm extremely peached about it, and and it you know it's nice to have a high profile guy like Brandel to bring the attention that it deserves in a big way, and uh, I'm there to support him a, a thousand percent. Yeah. And talking about you don't have to have uh, Hulk Hogan Python biceps no. to hit the ball 350 yards. There's some great illustrations in 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 Brandel's book. I mean, yep. it's got some. I mean, Sam Snead, the old. You talk about smooth swing yes and you know what he wasn't you know i mean slamming slamming you know and uh but there's a great picture of jamie sudlowski yes okay we had naz you'll you remember this we had yeah. jamie on the show looks like a long drive we yeah. had jamie sudlowski on the show last october when just before the remax and and brando makes the point pound for pound he is he hits a golf ball Farther than probably anybody who's ever lived. Yep, I agree. He's five foot eleven, one hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, he hits the ball four hundred and twenty yards. Yeah. And take a look at the picture of him in Brandel's book. Yeah. What do you see? Tell me what you see when you see Jamie Sedlowski swinging a golf club. I see a complete backswing, a gathering of of energy that is absolutely complete, and and. From the top of that backswing, he's delivering into that grid, you know, with the, he's got his picture and, and, and he knows the feel that he's going to get out of that. And it's just he's able to put everything into it. And he's off his left heel. Oh, yeah. Left knee, right, way, left way, knee in, way behind hips the ball. Way in, huge hip turn. And he's off his left heel, almost on his left toe. That's right. It's just incredible. But there's no collapse, though. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a complete, full, you know, accumulation of power. Anyways, we've been talking to Sean Clement. Sean, it's always a pleasure to talk nice golf. Nice to see especially. you guys. Good to see you, and uh, we'll be in touch over the summer. We certainly would love to improve our uh, our listeners' golf games, yeah. but uh, the first guy you got to work on is me. I'm coming in. I no was worries. out there yesterday. Uh, 
develop some sort of a hook over the winter time. So we got to get that out of my swing. Well, you've been too busy <laughs> with the show, and and the sooner the better. And I know Naz wants you to work on his swing. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of. I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> let me tell you. All right, you got a, you got a lot of work to do. Anyways, uh, we just want to uh, thank you for coming in, and we want our listeners to to know if you're passionate about golf, there is no more passionate man in this world when it comes to golf than Sean Clement. Uh, 28 million people have seen you on YouTube. You added 4 million. The last time we spoke to you, you're at 24. So you've been going strong, Sean. It sounds like Derek Sanderson's contract. You've been going strong. You added 4 million over the the winter time, and you got 60,000 subscribers. You're almost, you've outdone the Nazawali Sports Hour. You got more subscribers, a little bit more than, (laughs) the odd Sunday we we, uh, we get 60,000 listeners. Anyways, and 400, when I tell you top-notch videos, simple uh, and to the point, and will improve your golf game. Sean Clement on YouTube, high definition. Go check it out. Thanks Sean, it's it's been a blast having you back, and uh, look forward to touching yeah, base. Yeah, welcome with you. back. Welcome Thank you very back. much. Welcome back, Thank and you. to all our listeners, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.